Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. We love to know what you think about what we think. Here's how you can let us know. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E is the last name. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Todd and Aaron are here standing by, ready to chime in. Speaking of CRTV, gentlemen, we just wrapped up our show for CRTV. Would you like to give the audience a taste of what's to come, Todd? Well, if you want to get a feeling for what it's like at journalism school, Wolf Blitzer's got a tutorial for you. Oh, boy. Was I, you know what? I'm going to already answer my own question, no. I was going to ask you, was I too mean to him? No. No. (laughs) Aaron. (laughs) Um, This was a tour de force in human brokenness. We went from... Uh, people eating horse poop to uh, systemic corruption, potentially, at the FBI and journalistic malfeasance. So everything, as far as total depravity goes, this show had a little bit of everything, something for everybody. And before I'm going to do a little bit of self-aggrandizing here, I want to give a couple of shout-outs to a couple of subscribers I met in person uh, this weekend. Hmm. Um, Dale from Applebee's. Dude, you rock, man. Thank you very much. Uh, and then Matt at the Super Bowl party. You still need to subscribe to CRTV. You can get the audio version of the show as well. But thank you for listening at any rate. Yeah, thank you both of you for that. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to do a lot of Super Bowl stuff tomorrow on Pop Culture Tuesday. Because there's a lot of pop culture crossover and what was in some of the ads. And there's a great irony to that Super Bowl game. In that the NFL has, has spent most of this season that just concluded doing whatever it could to alienate Americans with any semblance of traditional values. And the game ends with the most with the championship team giving the most shout-outs to Jesus we've heard since Kurt Warner's Rams. That was almost 20 years ago. If you don't think there's providential irony there. All right, so there's a lot of and cultural themes, and there's something's emerging on, quote-unquote, our side that's beginning to grate on me. And I've almost thrown out some scorching hot takes about it the last 24 hours. I've just decided not to because I. this may be my own idol and I don't like it, okay? So I'm going to get into this on the podcast tomorrow for, for uh, Pop Culture Tuesday. And I'm not going to tell you guys in advance what it is, all right? Because I want you guys to just instantly react and hold me accountable. Maybe Maybe those who are annoying me are the ones who have the point. And, you know, I just love football so much I don't want to hear it, all right? So... But something's beginning to happen on our side that is really grating on me. Just one thing? <laughs> another thing. <laughs> what, another thing. Yes, thank you, Aaron. Thank you. So we will, we will discuss that on the podcast tomorrow. If you want to catch today's CRTV show, though, where I disembowel Wolf Blitzer. 
He is now bleeding out out there uh, outside the CNN studios after today's show. CRTV.com promo code DACE is how you can watch. And you won't just get a chance to see our show, but all of the shows here at CRTV as well, including the great one Mark Levin, Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty fame, and more. CRTV.com promo code DACE. And yes, we have monthly subscription options as well. Well, Monday is about a weekend news and views. So for this Monday, what I wanted to do is I wanted to, 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 for us to touch on three subplots that have emerged from the Nunez memo that I am troubled by. I'm going to explain, and these are things I saw over the weekend, uh, I'm going to explain why they troubled me and then you guys tell me if you agree or disagree and why. Okay? Okay. Uh, number one, Jeff Sessions' preemptive defense of Rod Rosenstein. Now, if you've read the Nunez memo, and if you have not, frankly, you just need to be a better American than that. I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. You do. This is important stuff. You know? I, I know we're busy. I'm busy, too. Something tells me the memo is, they say it's four pages. It's not. It's three pages and a paragraph on a fourth page. Okay? I mean, you could read this in 15 minutes. There's something you did this weekend that you could have put off for 15 or 20 minutes to read the, read the memo. Because this is of the utmost importance, guys, if you take self-government seriously. Either, either Congressman Nunez has committed traitorous acts of undermining important institutions like the FBI and the Department of Justice and the CIA for the purposes of elevating President Trump out of partisan, partisanship, or... The accusations in his memo that say the Department of Justice under Obama accepted a known highly partisan oppo research dossier as from, it, from its own presidential campaign, Hillary slash the DNC, in order to justify weaponizing the surveillance state against members of the Trump campaign. That's traitorous, and that's true. It's one or the other. I, I don't know how anybody, and we get into this on the TV show, I, I don't know how anybody who just hates the average, unless you just hate the average American, unless you've just decided I'm an anti-Trump elitist and anything at all that might, that might show anything his supporters say is true, I'm just going to sneer at, not mentioning any names, Jonah Goldberg, I'm just going to sneer at that. Automatically, that's my default setting. I, I've just... I've drank the haterade. My, I've got my XFL, he hate me jersey on. Unless you're in that camp. Brett Stevens, Wall Street Journal. Unless you're in that camp. I don't know how anybody, regardless of how you voted last in November of 2016, and will vote this November, could read that memo and think that's a nothing burger. Because either Nunez is a kook who ought to be strung up for politicizing this debate in order to curry favor with the Trump administration. Or there's some names in that memo that need to be strung up. We agree on that as a, as a team here? Yes. It's one or the oh, other. Yeah. It's yeah. one or the other. Neither one of those are nothing burgers in my view. So this is of the utmost importance if you believe in self-government. Read the memo. Now, when you read the memo, it calls into question the chain of command at Obama's Department of Justice. It says the DOJ continued working with this partisan source named Christopher Steele, who was paid $160,000, at least that we know of, by the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary campaign to dig up opposition research on Donald Trump. The oppo research that he dug up was 
the primary source that the Department of Justice used to obtain the surveillance warrants against elements of the Trump campaign. Steele was considered such a compromised source that James Comey, it says this in the Nunez memo, James Comey's FBI ceased working with him. We first know about him in his dossier. By the way, do you remember how we first heard about this? He had brought this to Trump during the transition period. And he had said there were elements of the Steele dossier that were, quote, salacious and unverifiable. Comey admitted this to the president when he was still director of the FBI. Now, one of the men named within the chain of command at the Department of Justice, which was willing to continue working with Steele while Comey's FBI had given up on him as too compromised, was none other than a man named Rod Rosenstein. He is named in the Nunez memo. Do you know what job he currently has? He is currently the Deputy Attorney General of the Trump Department of Justice. Now, at the very least, in my view, this calls into question Rosenstein's judgment. I think it demands further inquiry. Either the memo is lying about him, or Rosenstein is your ultimate swamp thing. It's one or the other. And I think the American people deserve to know which is which. However, there was his boss the morning... A few hours in advance of the memo coming out, there was his boss, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, appearing at a press avail about a human trafficking bust slash investigation. He went off his scripted remarks, Sessions did, in order to praise Rosenstein as, quote, the kind of quality and leadership we need, unquote, just hours before the memo was released. So again, either Sessions was preemptively saying a key component of the Nunez memo is false, and Rosenstein is falsely implicated here, or B, Sessions was praising someone who helped to weaponize the Department of Justice for the Clinton campaign. Which is it? I think this is a question, and these are the sorts of questions that need to be asked more often here. Todd and Aaron, your thoughts? Well, remember... The Jeff Sessions of his uh, confirmation hearings and how he managed to punt on marriage. And uh, what else? Roe versus Wade's the law of the land. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so. Well, the, I'm pro life, but I'm sorry about it, basically. Yeah. So, at the very least, this is another um, lack of, uh, or a profile and lack of courage on the part of him um, just trying to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic to keep things looking. Oh, pristine. You know, there's even a... Jeff Sessions gets uh, lampooned uh, pretty badly on Saturday Night Live um, as just uber squeaky clean. And it's because of crap like this. Uh, Squeaky clean is not um, never getting dirt on you. It's getting dirt on you and coming out clean on the other side. Mm. And so what... what, Jeff... Jeff Sessions loses nothing. If he says nothing about this, as you said, Steve, he went off script. Well, what, what's the point of fight, what, even if he's your best friend? He's implicated in this. He's, no one says Rosenstein is there. You know, he doesn't know where the body is buried based on this memo. It's funny you start there because Bloomberg had a story before the memo came out that said early last week, Trump in front of other staff eviscerated Sessions. Hmm. Saying you're not doing your job. 
after reviewing the Nunez memo. Your department, if you don't clean this up, it's going to go down as the worst Department of Justice in American history. Do your job. Wow. He called him out to his face. I didn't know that. And um, this was just a few days before the memo was released. So now, but that, let's say that happened. We don't know what, we don't. Let's, we, who knows? Who knows? Let's say that did happen. Put that in the context of Sessions now, essentially preemptively elevating Rosenstein, knowing this memo is coming up. That does what to, because you're already kind of going there. And now that I add this context to what your initial assessment was, you think what? Well, I think we should start increasingly talking about Sessions the way uh, you will talk about the, the Secretary of State. Mm. Dude. Just, which is not a good way. Not a, yeah. I mean, at odds. You're like, <laughs> at odds with what Trump is trying to... Now, in all of their defenses, it's not really clear what Trump is trying to accomplish on any given day. That being said, um, if that happened, uh, and and you're you're just poking the bear then. Hmm. I wonder, did... Did Sessions respond to Trump Trump, uh, lashing out at him by saying that's really hurtful? Because that's the same thing that he said back... Uh, last summer oh, gosh, when Trump was going. Of that. Okay, so a guy who <laughs> responds to um, criticism from another dude by saying that's really hurt. Steve, if 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 like today I I I messed up and I forgot to put a clip in for uh, Jordan Shaktel, and well, you responded really well. You actually apologized, but had you said something like, "Aaron, come on, man, you, you got to get this over. What, what, you, you know, you got to get something done here. You got to do your do- job." And I responded with. Steve, that's really hurtful. What would your response be? Uh, a white Econoline van would have pulled up back here, all right, with a vanity plate that said "Dude Code," and I would not have had to respond. They would have they would have pulled you away. Yeah. See, yeah. Jeff Sessions is he is he even a dude, man? Is he even a bro? Is he even a man, bro? I just, I don't know what to make of this guy. All right. And that's, I mean, he, it's true. He's got to clean this up. But uh, uh, again, he's not the, he's not the point of this entire saga. But when you have people like that who are supposedly with us in belief, in worldview, who are just quizlings, not quizzling, but just uh, apparently have not enough courage of conviction to actually do what's needed to clean up the mess that they can clean up. This is this is why we have stories like what we're talking about. Now, some people may listen to us criticizing him and say, well, maybe what he's saying about Rod Rosenstein is true and the Nunez memo is false. That goes to what you just said. If that's true, then you're the sitting attorney general of the United States and you are allowing a president and his minions to undermine your department in public? Falsely? That's See, that's what... Here, let me just, can I just be honest? Really honest. I mean, we're, we always try to be honest. Every now and then, though, it requires some painful honesty. Can I just be painfully honest? I insist. The reason why there's a few people at places like National Review, the Wall Street Journal, and others. Now, there are some people at National Review, by the way, who have done some excellent analysis of this, like Andrew McCarthy, for example. But the reason why there are plenty of people at long-established media entities who are calling all of this a nothing burger is because the memo has to be. Otherwise, they're forced to take a side. 
you don't survive in Washington a long time taking sides on divisive topics. You survive by taking Washington's side. Let me say that again. You don't survive in Washington over a long period of time by choosing and taking sides on divisive topics. You do it by choosing and taking Washington's side. So if Jonah Goldberg, if if Jeb Bush were right. president right now, he still wouldn't have taken a side on this? No. and We wouldn't even be having these conversations we're having right now. Wouldn't even be had. Would not even be had. I'll say this. Whatever I think about Trump, they wouldn't fight this stuff the way he has. They would not. Now, we may not be comfortable with the way he fights it at times. But that's another reason why you got Trump. Because of what I just said. They wouldn't fight this stuff. George W. Bush sat there sat there for the first year and a half of my career. I watched him just allow the liberal media to disembowel his presidency, undermine the entire mission in Iraq, and delegitimize him as president. And his response was every few months to send Dick Cheney out there to grumble. Do you remember those days? I do. Relentlessly just allowed them to destroy his presidency. And this is why there's a lot of people listening to us right now and say, yep, he's a scoundrel. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I wouldn't let my daughter within 10 feet of him. But I like him where he's at right now, President of the United States, because I know, I know it's easier to talk a guy down from going too far fighting back than it is not having him fight back at all. And, it, and I'd rather have him fight back, even if it's over his own ego, than just sitting there and assuming the position, the nice guys, that Romney, McCain, and, and McCain's today launched his 47th attempt at amnesty. When he ran in 2014 running ads, quote, build the damn fence. That was the ad he was running in 2014. So there are a lot of reasons other than just the, sl- the, the, the slavish cult of personality ball washers for Trump we've seen. There's a lot of other reasons people have gone with this. And it's because of what we're seeing right now. Because we saw these, we, we, saw what, we saw Bush derangement syndrome had no antidote. And if you tried to fight back, you were told by people like Jonah Goldberg and others, uh, well, you're just going to make it harder to beat the Democrats later. You're driving our negatives up. I don't know, dude. I think our negatives are pretty high right now. <laughs> I mean, how much higher can they get? You know what I'm saying? You know, you remember these days. Yes. There is a certain element of people that just need this memo to be a dud because otherwise it forces them to take a side. It is not a dud. That doesn't mean it's true. Don't misunderstand me. We said on Friday, if you listen to our podcast, we want, and we're going to get to more of the warrants and the applications. We want all that declassified. We want to see the shift memo. memo. We want, and we, we, we want to see what the counter narrative to this chain of events is, and is it a credible counter narrative? We all agree on that too, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not a nothing burger. Either Devin Nunez is attempting to undermine key institutions of the United States of America that, we need to out, that we, we've needed long before there was a Trump presidency and we will need long after he's gone in order to curry favor and elevate Trump. That in and of itself is traitorous. Or the stuff in that memo has some ring of truth to it. And if that's true, that stuff is traitorous. It's not a nothing burger. It's one or the other. 
Same thing goes for Sessions and Rosenstein. Either Rosenstein's complicit or he's not. And if he's not, do we want an attorney general who would not speak up when his president is railroading their department? We already had that. Her name was Janet Reno, okay? Remember those days, Todd? I do. Yeah. How many dead people do we bury at Waco because of those days? Remember that? I do. Yeah. How many dead people do we bury at Ruby Ridge because of that? Remember those days? I do. Yeah. Elaine Gonzalez, there was that too. Yep. And by the way, I'm not saying that the people were in those homes or in those compounds were heroes. But just because you might be a douchebag or you, doesn't mean you, could, you deserve to get killed, okay? Burned to death. Or have your wife and kids shot in front of you just because you have some nefarious beliefs doesn't mean we just get to execute your loved ones, guys. Okay? Come on, man. So if Sessions thinks Rosenstein is swell, where's his voice been for the last 72 hours then? That's gutless either way as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Number two. Second subplot I saw over the weekend that disturbed me. The FBI declaring war on the Trump administration. We played this in our montage today on CRTV. But there's this clip of a former CIA counterterrorism expert who was on CNN over the weekend saying, quote, my sources within the FBI are ticked. They're saying things like Trump has been here for 13 months. We've been here since 1908. We know how this game is going to be played and we're going to win. That's a quote that was on the air. Now, I thought Charles Cook at National Review had a perfect response to this swampy sentiment. See, we have to be very careful to just not throw out whole endeavors when people there are problematic. Okay? I thought Charles Cook at National Review had a perfect response to this. He said, quote, one doesn't have to like Trump or admire his behavior or think this memo is a big deal in order to find this attitude alarming. The FBI is subordinate to an executive agency created by Congress, unquote. Indeed, if you are trying to convince people there is no deep state, there is no swamp, this is all just Alex Jones paranoia, get back to making the friggin' frogs gay. All right. If you're trying to convince people of that, let me tell you how not to do it. Okay? Don't put a straight white male on television in a Brooks Brothers suit saying, uh, you won't beat us at this pissing contest. We were here 100 years before you. We're better at it than you are. Don't go there. That's not, that, that is um, attempting attempting to negate an accusation by proving it. No, Your Honor. I didn't kill her. As I hold up my bloody hands, what are you talking about? I wasn't even there. Uh, sir, uh, your hands are dripped in blood. (laughs) That, That clip is unreal. I mean... That doesn't, that doesn't say, hey, you won't win a pissing contest with us. There's nothing in there that says faithfully, uh, faithfully support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's not what that says. What that says to me and to anybody else is the swamp strikes back. That's what it says to me. 
Because if we had a cache, if it's true, we have a cache of partisans within the Department of Justice actually weaponizing the institution for partisan political purposes, then they are the very essence of a domestic enemy of the Constitution. So that wasn't the best messaging there. Your thoughts, gentlemen? I hate this. This is this. I know this is the thing you're really, really amped up about. The crux of the matter for me. How Uh, on the left, so many of your arguments lately uh, have been hatred of uh, police officers and police officer overreach. Well, where is that sentiment when it's applied to the federal wing? Of the police state. Why do you not lock down on the fact that the people with the warrants, the sticks, the guns must be kept in check? You, 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 you this cannot be, I, some politics ultimately is going to be shirt skins, two legs, good, four legs, bad, even on the best of days. But when it comes to the DOJ and the FBI, and you have the the gentleman that Steve mentioned taunting you, just daring you. I mean, this this is the stuff of the mob. It's not justice. It's not government. It's just the mob. Say, we are above the law, and you can't touch us. And I, again, I personally experienced what happens when a police state thinks like that and puts you between their crosshairs. And I got pretty darn lucky. And I, I, I did come out clean on the other side, but that doesn't happen. And if you blink at this, if you if you do not focus on this, if there's one thing, and I mean above the uh, Mueller investigation, this is the thing. If there's a bunch of people in the FBI, and I, a lot of well-meaning people have said something like, you know, still the FBI is full, you know, 99% hardworking. I, I don't know. Yeah. But that that bumper sticker cannot fly. I don't know how many bad guys there are in there. All right? But let's clean them out however they are. If there's one, fine. If there's ten, fine. You keep going down the line. But enough with it. Well, it's an august um, entity within the federal government with a fine tradition. Um, yeah, are you familiar with the history of the FBI? Done a lot of good things? Absolutely. Done some pretty shady things? Absolutely. And there's nothing new under the sun, so don't be naive. Do not give them uh, that much rope. Because if you do, they'll say thank you, and they'll turn around sooner or later and hang you with it. Sure way to have your, your institutions corrupted is to believe they're above being corrupted every single time. To Whether that's church trust. or state. Yeah. Yeah, especially when it comes to, I don't need to interrupt you, but especially when it comes to government institutions, to implicitly trust them. And where Todd, Todd ended up was where I was going. I've been seeing a lot of people, well-meaning people, I think, on on uh, social media and across the, the media landscape saying, you know, there's a lot of great patriots in the FBI and the intelligence community, and there's a lot of good people, and these people are just at the very top. And that may be true, but I'll be willing to have that conversation or listen to you when we start to clean out the bad, the, the, the people, the nefarious actors here. That's when I can. That's when I can maybe start 
to hear you when you say there's a lot of good people in these institutions. But for right now, that really doesn't matter when people at the top or people anywhere are willing to use the authority and the power that they have against you. Because that's really what happened here. It wasn't against Carter Page. It was really against you because of what Todd said last week. They're willing to do it to Page. They're willing to do it to anybody. And this 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 notion that there's a lot of good people in the F that might be true again. But don't just implicitly trust anything having to do with the government. You know, one way, you know, James Comey's Twitter account is becoming every bit as self-destructive as Trump has made his at times. <laughs> and you know, if, if James Comey wants us to believe that the institution he has spent most of his adult life serving and presiding over is inherently good, one way he could have proven that to us is if he could have brought Peter Strzok forward himself and fired his partisan ass before I had to read his text messages to, from Martha McCallum on Fox News. Okay? Might I suggest, might I suggest... Having never set foot in the FBI building, or News Corp for that matter, in my career, might I suggest, though, that it was highly likely James Comey or somebody else in the FBI's power structure knew Peter Strzok's partisan leanings before Martha McCallum at Fox News did? Do you think I'm on safe ground predicting that, gentlemen? It it doesn't seem sand-like. No. So one way to convince us that your organization mostly made up of well-meaning patriots is when the when when the when the bad apples emerge, you boot them. Yeah, immediately. You don't put them on the yeah. freaking Mueller investigation team. Yeah. Come on, man. It's the same argument we just had with Jeff Sessions. If it is true that this is not a corrupted organization, then this is a despicable presidency. There's no middle ground here. See, people in Washington don't like not having middle grounds. They don't like either ors. They like they like what our friend Shannon Joy likes to call the unibrow. They like the one choice. Washington. That's what they like. They like the Washington choice. It is District 1 from the Hunger Games, guys. It is. Anything that gets in the way of its preeminence from the right or the left is a negatory. It's a no-no. That's its number one Number one. Number one, protect the status quo. Number two, make sure you can, as much as possible, make sure the status quo is to the left. But if the left gets in the way of the status quo, the status quo will hunt, will get, will strike back. Two, do not get in the way of District 1. That's what it is. Here's the third thing that bothered me. The calls to appoint an independent counsel. Now, I just want to say this again from the outset, and you can go back and find clips of me on cable news at this time last year saying this. I am in general against independent counsels. You guys have heard me say that for the, since this whole thing started. Yes. Doesn't mean I think there's never a place for them, but in general, I'm a no. I've been I've done this rodeo now with Lawrence Walsh. We had to appoint an independent counselor, uh, counsel because, as Tom Foley, the Speaker of the House, said at the time, precisely because we have no evidence, that, that is why we must investigate. And all we get is a midnight hour indictment of Casper Weinberger 
right on the eve of the 1992 election. I don't know why any Democrats, after what you went through with Ken Starr, that was originally done to investigate whether the president lied under oath about Paula Jones. Then it became the Lewinsky investigation. That was not what it was originally intended to be. Now the Robert Mueller investigation has been billed in its charter as an investigation of Russian collusion. I have told you from day one, it is not. Well, Steve, that's not what the charter... I don't give a flat rip what the charter says. It's not what it is. It's an obstruction of justice investigation. Mueller was appointed after Trump implicated Rod Rosenstein and the narrative that Rosenstein recommended Comey's firing and saying, no, I did. Well, now he has contradicted Rosenstein. Rosenstein now, who has already, who's now serving as the head of the Department of Justice in the Russian story because Sessions already recused himself. Now Rosenstein has to do it too, which leaves nobody at DOJ to oversee the investigation. So now they have to appoint an independent counsel. Because Mueller was appointed as a result of Trump claiming that uh, he fired Comey for his own reasons, which implies he may have committed obstruction of justice. That's why you heard me say on the television show today, if the Steele dossier is the main source for why we even believe there was Russian collusion in the first place, and it's a fake oppo research document, then Mueller appears to be investigating a cover-up in search of a crime, not a crime, a cover-up resulting from a crime. Or a crime that led to a cover-up. All these independent councils are really good for creating bureaucracies that become leakocracies. I'll admit it, man. I enjoyed all the leaks out of Ken Starr's grand jury proceedings. Except if you know if you've been if you know law school day one, grand jury proceedings are supposed to be sealed. Confidential. Because they don't always return an indictment. But man, we were getting that. We were getting leaks out of that back in the day, day one. Remember those, Todd? Mm-hmm. Every night, turn on Hannity and Combs, Hardball. They were debating the leaks out of the, you know what was leaked out of the, the Ken Starr grand jury room. Well, since hey, I was a hyper partisan in those days, I enjoyed those leaks. Then I forgot the I forgot the lesson my mama once tried to teach me that ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. Ain't enjoying a lot of the leakocracy right about now. A lot of Republicans are, are they? No. The leakocracy has been a female dog. Which is probably why partisans love these independent councils, precisely because they can become leakocracies. But they're a terrible way at getting to justice. Their track record is awful. Well, that sounds like both political parties and the press, too. So that's there you go. There you go. Simpatico. However... I will not immediately rule out supporting the notion of an independent counsel in this case if a reasonable request is met first. And I'm going to use the same exact line of reasoning I used when someone I counted as a friend, Roy Moore, was accused of doing some problematic to heinous things. Right? Remember, we had their word against his word. We had, we had one piece of clear corroborating evidence. It was the signature on the yearbook, remember? And so what did I say? 
release the signature for independent verification to a three-judge panel. Have Gloria Allred and the accusers, they get to pick their analyst. The more campaign the accused gets to pick his, and the state attorney general of Alabama, on behalf of the people of Alabama, picks one too. Two out of three will come to one conclusion one way or the other. And if two out of three decide, Roy Moore, that's your signature, then I, I said, I'm out. Because he has based his entire defense on what? What did, what did Moore really base his entire defense on? That signature, right? That's yeah. not me. That was, just, that was the basis of his whole defense. Well, what is the basis of the entire Trump defense against Russian collusion? What's the basis? The problematic, compromised nature of the Steele dossier, right? Yes. That he's paid for by the DNC, that wasn't disclosed to the judges, which is what's in the Nunez report, okay? The DOJ did not disclose that. What is one way we can find that information out? For the president to declassify, I did this show like a year ago at this time when this whole story first came out. Right. And that was my immediate reaction then, wasn't it? So we're, we're, we've come full circle. Here we are a year later. Simply declassify the FISA warrants and the applications for them. The president should do that. And if the warrants and applications and the wording of them line up with what Congressman Nunez puts in his, put in his memo then at that point in time, I still think a better way is to have congressional hearings fully transparent with today's media. I can watch on a lunch break at my, my phone if I want, okay? But then, but at the, I still think that's the better way to go. But if you want to talk to me about having an independent counsel, then I'm with you. But if the applications and warrants, if what's on those things, doesn't line up with Devin Nunez's conclusions then what are we appointing an independent counsel for right other than to leak stuff to fox news to counter what's getting leaked to cnn and msnbc which let's be honest that's why most people want an independent counsel appointed okay so hannity has so hannity hannity and tucker have shows to to compete which they're already creaming cnn and msnbc anyway but so that they've got their own leakocracy on fox every night to compete with what's getting leaked to anderson cooper that no one watches I don't give a flat rip about any of that. I want the truth. So I don't think it's an unreasonable request, guys, to say Devin Nunez, a sitting congressman, makes some explosive allegations about the dishonest to disingenuous to flat-out nefarious way the Obama Justice Department acquired wiretap surveillance on, the, on, on elements of the Trump campaign. We can easily corroborate whether that's true. And no, I'm not taking Devin Nunez's word for it any more than I'm taking Adam Schiff's. Maybe you have the faith, faith, you have the faith to do that. Enjoy, you know what? Enjoy commuting home on unicorns too, okay? No. I live on Earth. So no, I'm not just going to take their word for it. Either that stuff lines up with what's on the documents or it doesn't. If it does, then man, let's, you know... The Death Star can blow up Alderaan for all I'm cons- for all I care at that point. But if it doesn't, then what are we appointing an independent counsel for? There's there's no reason to have one. And frankly, then we ought to move to have Devin Nunez impeached from the U.S. House. So the president should just declassify all this stuff. 
What do you think, Ben? Well, you were right then. You're right now. But I think that I mean this is where you've said all along you wish you'd see the Donald Trump, uh, the bruiser, the out-of-control bruiser maybe even that you thought he might be. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, wouldn't that guy just come in and say, "I'm listen, I'm t- I don't play your games, I'm not doing this, and do exactly what you're talking about. But he doesn't, and he's still now, uh, right now, the only way he'd do it is if he felt endangered. Right now, he's feeling pretty good about himself. Um, and he's going to have the kind of people telling him, uh, whispering him sweet nothings and telling him uh, why certain things are irresponsible. He, he's just not, it's not him. We got to make our peace with that. Now, you're right, but it's not It's not him. I mean, he did it here in this moment. Uh, how many other things could have been, I mean, even the shift memo right along with it. Uh, if you felt good about what you saw here, you felt it to be true, uh, putting out shift a shift memo would have seemed like the no-brainer to me. Oh, you the may have had it right the first time, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, there's a parsing. Freudian slip. Parsing something in there. Take it or leave it. But I would have absolutely, no matter what it said, I, I would have released that memo at the same time um, because I think it would have shed more light on how, how if this is th- this should be your job should be something close to an umpire this should not be remotely partisan I, you're looking at the same information how are you both serving the american people if you're giving us diametrically opposed information this unfortunately puts too much of a spotlight the way it was done a Nunez and Nunez alone. Um, so we're not. It, I, I'm glad this is out, but it continues to show that we're just we're just bad at this. Aaron, yeah, that's. I mean, we can't do self-government when we're not willing to govern ourselves, and I. It's. If he if he if he declassifies it, it declassifies the FISA warrants, and we get all the information that that entails, how many people are actually going to read stories about that and read the the warrants themselves? I mean, how many people actually read this memo? So yes, if we are interested in self government, then that's what should happen. But I don't think people are. I think the people are more. People who actually follow this stuff, it seems a lot uh, A lot are more just interested in the pissing match. Or on the other hand, they don't want to take a side like we pointed out the Jonah Goldbergs and some in the media today. This whole exercise, to me, will either end up being an illustration years down the road of why we will be enslaved to an authoritarian government or why we were not and why we bought maybe liberty some notion of liberty in some form for another generation but the i think the the more time goes on the less people care about what what this actually means in the big picture what did the, what we've been harping on um all this time 
about this story and about the, 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 the problematic nature of, of what it imposes on our constitutional rights, I think less people actually care about that. So I'm, I'm remaining skeptical on that front. Really quick, just came across Twitter to echo my point about this from the Daily Wire. Trump smacks, quote, little Adam Schiff as the leaker, praises Nunez as, quote, great American hero. Maybe. He might be. Maybe he might be, but... Uh, th- I mean, if you were the president of the United States and you had the power to exonerate yourself... All right, you might argue a year ago might have been too premature to release those because we wouldn't have understood the full context of how explosive that information really was. Now we do know. I mean, the Nunez memo crafts a narrative of a, of, 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 of a potential theory as to why we've seen what we've seen for the last year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now releasing those memos or releasing those warrants and applications reinforces the memo. And if it's true, then Nunez is a great American hero in the tradition of whistleblowers. He's the freaking Pentagon Papers, guys. Right? Yeah. Well, if you were president of the United States and you had the power to exonerate yourself, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Would you do it, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Okay. But he'd, he'd rather do this. And now Schiff is allowed to easily claim... Victim status. I'm being bullied. Status. They, uh, they, they're, they're colluding to keep uh, the truth away from the American people. I'm not even so sure this guy really wants his own memo out. Yeah. But the, he almost knows that if I say I want it out, it, it, it it's so toxic. The GOP is going to just say no, you can't have it out just because you know that's what we do. We're just, we're just jerks to each other. I think it would be a terrible off. political move. To, to do what? To not put the shift memo out. Oh, I know. It would yeah. ba- it will bl- it will backfire. On so that's backfire what they're going to do. You know that it, it, tremendously, <laughs> tremendously. I mean, it it, it it's as, it's as big of a political backfire as shutting the government. It's down starting for, for illegal aliens. I mean, shift shift is a terrible witness. Frankly, I'm not impressed with him or Nunez for that matter. But but shift shift is is a terrible, sanctimonious, nauseating, you know, Rachel Maddowist. To give him the moral high ground right. by not releasing his memo, so dumb. If, it, 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 it would be would be colossally dumb, and it would it. it That's if, why it's going to happen. If you want to know what would energize the Democrat base more than they already are, that would be it. Right? If you want to know what human spontaneous combustion looks like, that would be it. It's that would be beyond dumb. There's nothing to be gained whatsoever by doing that. Nothing. Nothing. That's just dumb. Final thoughts, gentlemen, before we got to wrap it up. Aaron, go. Uh, that's really dumb. That should be like our new national motto. That's really dumb. <laughs> America, America. That's really dumb. You so dumb you, for real. You are so dumb. Anton Dodson. He just does. He just does. He just does the anthem at every sporting event now. Y'all, you so dumb. For real, right? We just you go bed intruder, full bed intruder. For real. Final thoughts, Todd. I'm convinced after this conversation that the power of declassification is such an important tool that even Donald Trump should just be using it like randomly. <laughs> like, I just pick a document. Today I'm just classifying, just to keep everybody like, because that, that'll clean the house out pretty darn quick, I think. He's doing what? To who? What department? 
I like that idea, yeah. actually. I like that idea quite a bit. Hey, thanks for tuning in today on the podcast. Uh, don't forget our show on CRTV, CRTV.com. Promo code DACE is how you can watch our show on CRTV and all the great shows there. Well, the ones that actually are great, and then there's ours. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Don't forget, uh, we'll be back at it again tomorrow for a Pop Culture Tuesday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.